Hello, everyone. My name is Patrick LeBlanc, your host, and welcome to Insights Tomorrow, brought to you by Microsoft. Let's deep dive with leaders and innovators in the data space. We're going to explore the challenges, the opportunities that organizations face in their data journeys. In each episode, we will invite some data leaders, experts, and some practitioners who share their unique perspectives on how data transformation is changing their business. Let's explore this data journey together and what it means to you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Insights Tomorrow. Today, we have Jiva AKR with us. Jiva, before we get into anything, why don't you do a quick introduction and tell people who you are and what you do? Thank you, Patrick, for having me here. And uh, my name is Jiva. I lead the cloud scale analytics go to market for Microsoft. And uh, my team's charter is to drive the revenue and market share for all Azure analytics portfolio of products like Azure Synapse, Azure Databricks, Purview, and Azure Data Explorer and other half a dozen products. Wow. Really excited to be part of this session. Well, thank you. Thank you. And wow, that's a lot. You got a lot of responsibilities there, Jeeva. So, but I was out perusing the web and I ran across some things um, and some articles about demystifying data modernization patterns. And so I'm curious, the first thing, and I think the things that are at the top of our listeners' mind when you think about you know, modernization, data modernization patterns, what's the difference? How does this differ, this modernization differ from traditional data warehouses? In order to understand this better, it is extremely important to go over the context about how the analytics has actually evolved over a period of last 30 years. And if you think about it, Patrick, In our customers' environment, all that our customers did for the last 30 years when it came to analytics, it was always the descriptive analytics that is focused on yesterday, last week, last month, last year. And typically, those type of descriptive analytics were actually run in a traditional data warehouses, primarily primarily leveraging the structured data that came from the applications like ERP, CRM, SEM, and all that, which were actually centrally hosted and managed in a data center environment. And in the recent times, those have actually moved to the cloud environment. But typically, if you see the whole scale of analytics that they did, it was confined only to the structured data and only to the descriptive analytics that they actually ran. But the needs of the organization is actually changing rapidly changing in the sense that if you see that in the last uh, few years time, most of our customers have been doing a lot of POCs and experimentations, and they're all full-scale deployments as well in terms of bringing in data from the edge environment as well. And when we think about edge environment, it's it's the IoT sensors, it's it's the click streams, it's the application logs, name whatever, right? And uh, we are trying to bring in, our customers are trying to bring in almost any kind of data that they have from the touch points of their customers, either with their service or with their product. So from that standpoint, the scope of the analytics is tremendously changing because it's not confined only to the descriptive analytics, but it is also the real-time, near real-time applications and also the AI ML applications consuming the data. So from that perspective, and the data is, uh, the, the, the analytics is not going to be confined only to the structured data as well. It is also the structured data, unstructured data that is going to come from IoT sensors too. So if you think about it, the whole paradigm around the analytics is tremendously changing. So the capabilities of 
the traditional data warehouses cannot keep up with the future requirements of an organization, Patrick. So instead of having the traditional, you know, fixed schema with, you know, if we're talking about the Kimball method, you know, you have a fact table and a dimension table and it's, you know, loaded every night and it's a fixed schema. So if I wanted to have any flexibility, you know, adding new things, changing new things, I can't. I don't have that with the traditional data warehouse. But now we're taking more of a, and dare I say the word, lake house approach where now I have all of these different personas that can access the data as opposed to just saying, let's answer these questions. The questions that are available are limitless, aboundless with this approach. Absolutely. So it's not a, it's, a, it's wonderful that you actually called it out as a lake house architectural <laughs> pattern. It's just not about having the capability to answer various type of questions, but it also the matter of time in which you are actually able to respond to these type of questions, right? So if you think about the traditional analytics, you had a tremendous amount of time in your hand to depend on various other ecosystem players like ETL ecosystem. So you basically connect with all the data sources, you pull all the data through the ETL ecosystem of tools, and then you put it in the common data place, and then somebody actually takes care of it in terms of data preparation, doing the data quality work, and then throwing all those data into a, the clean data into a data room or a data warehouse for somebody to do the analytics. So what I just said in a traditional environment could take about six months or nine months, depending on how critical the projects are to the organization. It also depends on who is actually looking for those kind of analytics. Those kind of efficiency is not going to be sufficient for organizations which are actually looking to engage with their customers, redefine their experience that they provide to the customers in real time and near real time, right? So it's not just having the ability to answer the questions, but it is also having the ability to answer the question just in time so that they will have an opportunity to influence their customer's experience while they have the customer with engaged with their product or the services. And so I think about, you know, I've been, I'm going to date myself here, but I've been designing data warehouses since the 1900s. And, uh, (laughs) and so I think, I think about the challenges we ran to back then, even now, you know, about building the data warehouse. Time was a big one, right? It took forever to build these data warehouses. And we talked to so many people finding someone that had those skills. If I think about the new data modernization approach, what are some of the challenges that an organization may run into trying to implement something like this? So very good. Uh, you already mentioned about Lakehouse architectural pattern. Let's work from there, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So the idea is that we already made it very clear that the older way of analytics is changing and uh, the boundaries of what we call as analytics is changing and the types of data that we were actually using for analytics also changing, right? So with all these things, it is actually you, because you mentioned about Lakehouse architectural pattern, Basically, because the fundamental idea behind the future of analytics is going to be focused on real real time and also the near real time analytics, it is all about removing the latency that exists in your data data state. So what I try to mean by that is that unless you remove the latency that exists between from your operational data store to from your databases all the way to your analytics, and also to the BI layer, you won't be having an opportunity to engage with your customers in real-time analytics. So from that standpoint, the data estate modernization is singularly focused on achieving 
how they can actually bring efficiency in this whole process by removing the latency that exists between all the disparate data systems, right? So from that standpoint, instead of moving the data around between different types of analytic systems and also the different types of tools, the Lakos architectural pattern provides the customers the capability to run the compute for various workloads directly on the clean set of data that they can actually have in a single environment. So basically, one, you are removing the need to move the data between different systems. And also, in that whole process, you are also removing the latency in the way that the individual data systems actually perform as well. By providing both of these things, I think it provides a clear value proposition for customers to embrace modern way of doing analytics through the data estate modernization. So when it comes to the challenges, right, Patrick? So these are the primary challenges. When you, How do you think about removing the latency? How you can actually bring the efficacy in the process in, uh, in terms of how the data can be made available to the businesses in a clean format so that they don't have to do the redundant work? These are the major challenges that the customers are facing today. Gotcha. So I'm going to bring up a somewhat controversial topic. And so I have been delving, I've been diving into the lakes, building lakes and talking about lakes and things like that. And somebody, I was delivering a session on a lake house and somebody said, so Patrick, and I'm going to ask you this question, Jeeva, is the data warehouse dead? The short answer is no, it is not. So all that we are actually trying to do here is to complement the capabilities of a, a data warehouse, right? So it is Technically, instead of trying to bring in data from multiple different data sources and then trying to run every single analytics only through the data warehouses, now you are enhancing the capability of a data warehouse by leveraging other compute engines that are actually purpose-built for serving different needs of an organization from real-time analytics to the descriptive analytics, Patrick. So what are some of the emerging technologies, right, that that will help with this modernization? Some of the technologies that you use that, you know, that maybe you would recommend if I'm an organization thinking about going down this path. Absolutely. So we have already seen customers actually embracing Spark, the performance of the Spark clusters in, uh, in terms of being able to bring automation to the way that the data is being prepared for analytics, right? So if you think about in any analytic cycle, 70% of the current analytical cycle is actually being consumed in the data preparation, data quality, and also the data engineering work before any analytics is actually being performed. So unless you actually address that critical component related to the 70%, you will not be able to improve the overall efficacy of the entire analytics process. So from that standpoint, I think uh, the emergence of and the prevalence of the Spark clusters as a compute engine for bringing automation is actually gaining a lot more steam in the customer's environment, Patrick. Awesome. I think about if I'm an organization and we have this monolithic data warehouse, because you remember how the data warehouses was. There were every fact you could think of, every dimension you could think of in this one place. And I've invested, you know, millions of dollars, several several hundreds of thousands of man, you know, work hours and all this time to this. But now this new technology is emerging. If I'm an organization, how do I decide, okay, now it's time for me to shift. Now it's time for me to change my strategy. How do I make that decision or do I make that decision, you know, to move away from my traditional waiter house to this more modernized data approach? 
So in a, in essence, it t- ties back to the original question that you asked me is that, is it data warehouse or the modern analytics systems, right? So the short answer to the question that I gave was that uh, data warehouses are here to stay, sure. number one. Yeah. I want to yeah. be very abundantly clear about it because if you think about it, data warehouses have been in the market for quite some time, for at least two decades now. They are the old war warehouse, you know, the war horses. And they still run mission-critical workloads for a lot of the customers. So I don't see them actually moving away in terms of making way for new technologies. As I said, the scope of analytics that the customers are looking for from their analytics system has changed so that you know uh, you, would, you don't have to rely only on the data warehouse to do all types of analytics. So that's the fundamental shift in the way that we are actually thinking about it. So now to answer your question about how the customers can actually embrace the modernization is one, the cost of analytics is number one. In, in the, today's in macroeconomic environment, every single customer today is looking to do more with less. And from that standpoint, a mission critical system built for running some important workload in a customer environment through an enterprise data warehouse may not be the need for a lot of other analytical workload, like for example, data engineering or for real-time analytics and all that stuff. In order to get a performance out of a data warehouse to support real-time analytics, you need to have a heck of uh, compute and also the memory capacity and all the other things. You have a huge performance factor to do all those kind of stuff, which is going to significantly and exponentially increase the cost of your analytics, right? So that's where the differentiation actually comes in with the, by leveraging other foundational technologies like Spark clusters and other technologies that, that, that have come in the data ecosystem, which complement the idea of the data warehouse, but also provide you the better performance and better scale and also at the lowest TCO as well. So this goes exactly into my next question. So if I'm thinking about taking this approach, complementing my data warehouse with this new modernization approach, what are some of the you know major differences or challenges that I as an organization may face if I decide I'm going on-premises or to the cloud? What's the challenges? What's the differences between those two approaches? So it purely depends on, it's not that right now, we have already seen customers are fully embracing cloud platforms, yep. right? So that the question of whether to embrace on-prem or whether to go to a cloud, that has been already resolved for in the last two years <laughs> time. Right now we are in a singular one-way direction okay. where the customers are already in, the, in embracing the cloud platform. So the other point is that this is where the challenge comes in, Patrick, right? So the definition of a data estate for customers has become a lot more complex in the recent times. So if you think about any organization, all that they had about 10 years ago may have been just one on-site environment where they centrally managed all of their data estate in a single data center environment. And then sure. that actually proliferated to multiple different on-sites and also multiple different geographies. And then later, the customers started to embrace cloud platforms as well. And then you all of a sudden start to have one cloud. And then now one, the customers feel that I don't want to get a vendor lock-in with one cloud. I, I'm actually going to embrace multi-cloud as well. So all of a sudden, you have multiple on-site environment across multiple geographies. And also you have multi-cloud environment as well. This is the real situation for many of the multinational customers that we work with, especially in the Fortune 500 segment. So the challenge is, is about 
how do I actually bring simplification and uh, governance across uh, the entire data estate that comprises all these different environments, right? And I, as I said in the beginning of my conversation itself, that now your data is not going to be limited only to the data that's coming from the applications. It's also going to come from the edge environment. So what I, mean, I mean by edge environment is think about a logistic or shipping company they are collecting data from their containers. They are collecting data from their diesel engine that is actually powering the ship. And they are collecting the information about the overall ship itself. So think about multiple different edge environment just related to one ship that a shipping company might have. All of this data is actually streaming into their environment. And they are trying to do a lot of these analytics. It has become a lot more complex, right? So the challenge for customers is about how do I actually bring infrastructure simplification that will allow me to achieve all these different types of analytics, all of, allow me to ingest all kinds of data and bring a faster way of delivering insights to my, my business audience, right? So that's number one goal, infrastructure simplification. And then the second piece is about most of the, the one of the wonderful thing about my job is the, the opportunities that I have to sit with the CIOs and also the CDOs. And from that standpoint, almost every single conversation that I have with customers start with GYI I do have a lot of data already. We are information, we are data rich and an information poor organization. So basically what they're communicating is they already have too much data, but they haven't really found an efficient way of actually getting more value out of their data, right? And if that is a problem that you have with your current structured data, with the limited data that you have, think about the complexity that you are actually going to have when you start to bring in massive amount of data from sensors like the way that I explained, right? So your problem exponentially becomes complex. So if you haven't figured out the data value creation problem right now, the future is not going to make it even more harder. So the second most important challenge for every single customer is how do I improve the overall efficiency in the way that the data is being leveraged and sold across the organization. That's number two, and right? And then the third piece is, like I said, your data estate has moved from simple one on-site environment to multiple on-site to multiple cloud environment and some hybrid environment too. Now, how do you actually federate the data governance across the entire data estate? That's a massive challenge that they are trying to address for. So, when you are, when one of the common themes that we are seeing when customers are embarking on this transformation journey related to the data estate modernization is purely attributing to these three factors, infrastructure modernization, data value creation efficacy, and federating the data governance so that they will have a good control over all the data assets. So speaking of governance, speaking of governance, I think about data warehouse and people, you know, nobody documents the data warehouse. There's no data stewards. There's nothing good about how we give people access, how we gave people access to the data warehouses. How, if I'm an organization, you know, and now I have this, this boundless limited set of data that's constantly streaming in and I need to make sure I put it in the hands of the right people. How, how would I go about implementing those governance stewards and control strategies across that data? So many systems, that's a great question, Patrick, by the way. So once you are able to classify the data, it's much more, it's easier or simpler. I shouldn't say easier. It is much more simpler for the organizations to 
apply the policies that are governing those data, right? So who has the access to what level? So for example, if you are uh, running analytics on the PII data, then uh, what are the information that you will actually mask before the analytics is being run on those particular set of data? All these are previously, all these things were actually done in a manual process. Right now we have technology that solves and brings automation to solve all of these challenges. So from that standpoint, I know Microsoft has been championing this idea around Purview, our data governance platform, where uh, we have been able to provide our customers with a singular view of all the data assets that they have in their environment, both for the data at rest and also for the data that is actually coming into their infrastructure in streams. And you will be able to automatically apply all the security and the governance policies related to the attribute of the data. So that's one of the beautiful things that Purview actually provides to the customers by leveraging the automation. So the short answer is that right now, gone are those days where actually people relied on extensive manual work and laborious job to do these kind of stuff. But right now, automation kind of helps to achieve to a significant level. If possible, can you share some successful implementations that you've worked on? You you gave us the shipping example, but can you give us some other examples of some successful modernization implementations that you've been part of or contributed to? Thank you, Patrick. One, since I actually joined Microsoft about uh, one and a half years ago, we have not only brought the architecture technology foundation for customers leveraging the Lakos architectural pattern, but also solve the problem related to the data sharing efficacy within the organization. So you need to have the data serving layer that actually solves the problem related to the most fundamental issues about how efficiently you can actually deliver data to the businesses without compromising your principles of security, governance, and all that stuff. So from that standpoint, Microsoft has been championing the idea around modern analytics and governance at scale, which is kind of like a framework that leverages data hub, data mesh, and also data fabric. We borrowed all the goodness from all these three different framework, and we created uh, something that is very specific and unique to Microsoft. And since six months, we released this entire framework. We have about 46 large data estate wins across healthcare, financial services, manufacturing, and also in the retail in the retail industry customers. So what we are clearly seeing is that, like I said, when we go and have a conversation with every single CIO and CDO, the three challenges that I talked about, which is about, you know, the uh, as part of the digital transformation, they completely modernize their app environment, right? So you have seen tremendous amount of standardization that has come in both in terms of process and also technology with DevOps, which led to the agile development methodologies and also with um, technology with the evolution of microservices for container management containers and also container management technologies and all that stuff. But if you still see the results and reports that are published by Gartner IDC, that they make it very clear that 70% of those digital transformation investments are still yet to provide value back to the customers. And if you try to understand why, and if you peel the layers, it's very clear that as part of the digital transformation, the app level maturity is in a completely different planet, but the underlying data and the data infrastructure is still sitting in legacy architecture, which has evolved over a period of 30 years, right? So now every single customer 
is actually focused on solving the problem related to the data estate modernization. So where it's in order to talk about the wins, I want to make it very clear that it's not whether the customers are doing it. It is they are actively thinking about modernizing their entire data estate for solving the three challenges, infrastructure simplification, increasing the data value creation efficacy, and also federating the data governance. So from that standpoint, we are engaging with a lot of different customers today to solve these problems. And uh, like I said, the framework that we have actually put together built on top of the Lakos architecture resonates really, really very well with our customers. Wow, you heard it. The data warehouse is not dead. The modernization approach complements the data warehouse. Jiva, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Insights Tomorrow. Be sure to catch us next time as we continue the journey to uncover the challenges and the possibilities that organizations face every day. You can find more about the show and catch future episodes at insightstomorrow.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.